bad and bullshit. Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erin. And I'm Erica. Happy misogynist of the week, Erica. <laughs> I know you had a fun time researching. I did. I did. And so misogynist of the week this week is, is the Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate in the state of Pennsylvania, Dr. Oz, who, uh, who um, is a resident of New Jersey. And he also owns 10 properties, not houses, 10 properties, because I guess some of them don't have houses on them. What? Yeah, this was a- He just owns random land? Yeah, or like things, you know, one of the things that uh, his opponent, John Fetterman, said is that, oh, this guy's a a millionaire, da-da-da-da-da, he owns like 10 houses. And the- the Oz campaign came out and said, um, actually, we don't own 10 houses. We own 10 properties. And so they're different. That's even worse. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who's running the comms over there? Come on. I don't look their comms. Oh, uh, conversely, I was on John Fetterman. So Dr. Oz, let's set up the scenario for you. Listeners, Dr. Oz is running in the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania Senate elections, which obviously are going to be voted on. They're part of the midterms, yada, yada, yada. So Dr. Oz's opponent is Democrat John Fetterman. And this man has never met a hoodie he didn't wear. <laughs> I love his hoodie game. Got to, got to say. And John Fetterman's Instagram is glorious. OK, I encourage everybody to check it out you know john fetterman is what the what jugmeet singh hope pretends to be yeah i feel like john fetterman's campaign generally has kind of been funny and lighthearted, and it's i think it's a really great example of political communication and how the democratic party only like woke up to memes and yes. meme culture yes and so they called them fetter memes <laughs> 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 and I think they oh, actually, they're good. I think they own the, the domain fettermemes.com. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta buy those domain names. <laughs> you know what? One of the once, like the first targeted attack email I got, the first thing I did was, huh, I think it's time to buy my domain names. Mm-hmm. So I literally bought ericaeiffel.com, ericaeiffel.ca, and notinmycolor.ca. Yeah. Just so nobody else could make like a whole fucking web p- website meme page yeah. about me. And they all redirect to notinmycolor.com. Nice. Yeah. Just a quick little side note to anyone listening. Uh, and that is make sure you buy your domain names, one. And two, there are some prominent columnists in Canada who don't own their domains. So maybe you should buy those. <laughs> Not mine, though. Mine are bought. <laughs> And .net doesn't count, okay? No. Anything that's .net, I'm like, this is a scam. <laughs> so that's a little aside. Look at all the advice that the they're getting. The free advice. Erin fr- <laughs> will always point out when we do things for free. She's right. Um, <laughs> the same thing we said to David Mosscrop. Look at all this free education you're getting. 
<laughs> yeah. Listen, behind every woke man are at least two women of color who have helped him to get there. Okay? No, who have not helped him, who have taught him. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. For free. Mm-hmm. Remember that. And the, the cost to us is being friends with David. <laughs> Which sometimes is a cost. Love you, David. <laughs> but in order to get more of this analysis and uh, shitting on David, head to badabitchy.com, become a paid subscriber. I cannot emphasize this enough because people seem to think that becoming a free subscriber gets them access to the content. And I really just hate to tell you that that is absolutely not true. No, it's not true. And if you're wondering why I say this, I see the numbers. People sign up and they are like, that was a great episode. I'm going to become a subscriber and they're free and then they get nothing. But anyway, back to these two. Wait, 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 wait. Here's the other thing. The Podbean site is now an archive site. So it'll have a lot of our old stuff up to, I think, like from the beginning, you can Mm -hmm. check those out, that out for, for previous stuff that we've talked about, especially the free stuff. And a lot of that stuff that we have talked about is coming up now. So in other words, usually we'll talk about trends that are happening months before they actually happen and we're good at it. Yeah. I want to subscribe. And gift a subscription because it's Scorpio season. But actually, that's a great point. So like our previous podcast host, Podbean, that is now an archive site. If you used to go to badandbpod.podbean.com or whatever, there will be no further updates. So if you are, but if you listen to your podcast on Spotify or Apple podcasts, et cetera, and those kind of aggregate platforms, there's no disruption to your service. There you go. No disruption. Look how easy we made it. We did all the hard work so that you would face no disruption. Exactly. Just saying, because exactly. this is how we think for, about you. Oh, wait. I also want to announce that my birthday is November 1st. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And this is coming out on a Friday. So you all have time. It's a Tuesday, people. And basically what she's saying is that as a present to her subscribed to the podcast. That's exactly what I'm saying. If you want to get me a present, put your money down and subscribe to this pod. All right, Erica, let's get a little bit deeper into why Dr. Oz is our misogynist of the week. And really, it just comes down to one thing that Dr. Like, there are many things, of course, but one thing specifically that Dr. Oz said at the Pennsylvania Senate debate the other night. And um, Roe v. Wade was overturned over the summer by the, Supre- the U.S. Supreme Court, and that was a fucking nightmare. So all of these states have now enacted trigger laws or passed legislation to on abortion, banning it outright or with ex- in extreme circumstances. You know, it's now become an issue for the midterms coming up on November 8th. On the issue of abortion in, in this debate between him and John Fetterman, Dr. Oz was, you know, lamenting that as a doctor, he has been in conversations with women where they have wanted to have abortions and how it's just been a very tough decision for women. And that ultimately the issue of abortion should not be decided by lawmakers in Washington, 
but ultimately it should be decided between a woman, her physician, and local elected officials. <laughs> Your face right now. <laughs> I just, I just can't imagine saying that out loud in public. <laughs> like when are like it just like the the image that it conveys to me is that um there's like a woman kind of in like on the table with her knees up and her legs spread and the doctor's kind of off to the side and you've got all these old white men just like peering into her like underneath Vagina. The <laughs> yeah you know that's disgusting <laughs> That's that's like that's a nightmare. You know what? That's Handmaid's Tale. Let's be honest. I mean, it, lit- it literally is. What Doctor Oz is describing is we want to bring Handmaid's Tale to Pennsylvania. In what world is it okay for local elected officials to make decisions about a woman's body? And you know they're assuming that those local elected officials are all men because that's the natural order of things, right? Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. It's just very paternalistic and oh. patriarchal. Oh, oh my gosh. Like, what kills me is that in everywhere else, the relationship with the state is supposed to be like off. Like, in other yes. words, hands off, right? Except for our, except for our body parts. Mm-hmm. Okay. And well, actually, you know, it's body parts and who we should and should not marry. Yes, yes, exactly. I, I was in a, a Twitter space on like this week and I got the most illuminating, okay, stuff on the reason these people are going after trans mm-hmm. kids and trans people. It's the protection of the quote-unquote womb, right? So they don't want, you know, people who could be, who could carry white babies. It's all about white babies and the white race. So they they don't want people who could have white babies to forego their quote-unquote biological duty. Right. Mm -hmm. And they and then the misogyny and the paternalism and the patriarchy comes in the other way. They don't want like somebody I was talking to somebody who was telling me that um, somebody like that she knew was telling her was parading this anti-trans bullshit about how he doesn't want little boys to have their dicks cut off. And I feel like that's part of what they think and that's part of their hatred it's all about white babies and it's all about the masculinity of white men Mm -hmm. period Mm -hmm. so once you put it in that framework and that context you're like oh i get it yeah and both of those things are are placeholders for power what's that aaron both of those things are placeholders for power boom 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 there you go so i have a nice little timeline of Dr. Mehmet Oz. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, his his statement at the debate wasn't necessarily surprising. I think it was more, more surprising that he actually said those words out loud. 
Yeah, like he didn't filter. Yeah. I think that's what's, and I will bring up Oprah in a second. Oh, 100%. Yeah, but I think it's important to kind of give a little bit of the, the yeah. previous context and kind of the how we got here of it all. So in 1982, Oz earned an undergraduate degree in biology from Harvard. By the way, these Ivy League schools have been producing some shit, okay? I have questions. I don't think they're as good as they say, because I don't know what they're churning out. I'm looking at you, University of Toronto, too. Okay. Then he went to University of Pennsylvania, where he graduated with a doctor of medicine and master and an MBA. Okay, that's that's exactly the problem right there. Listen, can we get all MBAs out of politics? Thank you. (laughs) Apparently, this was his big breakout. During the 1996 World Series, cardiothoracic surgeon Eric Rose was tapped to perform a life-saving heart transplant surgery on retired MLB player Frank Torre, with Dr. Oz serving as deputy surgeon. The highly publicized operation was successful, and a day after the surgery, Torre watched from a hospital bed as his younger brother's MLB team, the Yankees, took home the championship. Now, I have a problem with media doing that in general, but that's an aside. Rose was briefly a hero, and by association, Oz was too. Rose said that it was his first big splash of publicity, and he loved it. And therein was the beginning. So 2003, Columbia University whistleblowers alleged animal cruelty. Um, Allegations at Columbia University, where he was professor of surgery and director of the Cardiovascular Institute uh, at Columbia University Irving Medical Center. And so what happened was Oz served the role as principal investigator and his Colleagues witnessed the inhumane treatment of dogs in lab experiments investigating aspects of heart function. In his role as principal investigator, he left dogs in pain and paralyzed for weeks with no discernible research benefit before they were euthanized. In 2000, and 2004 was his first appearance on the Oprah Winfrey show. 2000 And nine is when Dr. Oz premiered, of course, with the help of Harpo Productions. I think I think Harpo produces or produced his Dr. Oz show, which tells me which is exactly why Oprah's implicated. So let me take let me take a break here. I know there's been a lot like, let's be honest. Oprah's friends, I have questions about. Mm-hmm. Who Oprah has platformed is a problem. And I've heard I've heard people say, oh, you can't blame a black woman for. Yeah, you can. And the reason you can is because, A, Oprah makes money off of this. Yes. B, her production studio backs these people. Mm-hmm. And three, when are we going to start calling Oprah out for, for promoting platforming pseudoscience? I mean, among other things, right? Like, I think that it's important for, to def- differentiate that it's not necessarily criticizing Oprah's friends because like, listen, Gail King is great, but it's more- We do love a Gail King, especially the in the face of R. Kelly. 
Yes, but like it's the people she platforms, the people she um, invests in monetarily, right? And I think I don't, I can't really tell if it's because she thinks she's into that like la di da frou frou stuff. And why are none of them black? I just realized this. I'm thinking about Susie Orman, Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil. I'm sure there are others. And none of, okay. Well, then there's a whole like James Fry thing. Actually, Maya Angelou is an exception. Yeah, but they were already famous. This is true. That's true. Okay. She's not, she's not, not platforming Maya Angelou. You're right. She, because Maya Angelou is already famous. Mm-hmm. You're right. Okay. Got it. Go on. Yeah. I just wonder if she like believes in this like kind of hocus pocus stuff or if she actually thinks that like these people will make her money in terms of like a capitalistic view or both. Well, well black people from Oprah's generation really fucking believe in capitalism. They think it's their like their, their savior. Like it will save them for them from being black or from, from experiencing this world through a lens of blackness. And that's not true because there are actually studies that show, especially as we're talking about the police and so on, that it doesn't matter what class you are. If you're black, you're going to get stopped and you're going to get harassed by police. As an aside, I see that um, the Quebec Supreme Court has overturned um, the validity of random traffic stops because of the anti-blackness of police, which should be a huge story. But it's Canada and Canada doesn't give a fuck about black people. But anyway, so let's say the medical profession, even before he was given his own show, were like, um, no, they're against it. And don't tell me that Oprah didn't hear that from the medical profession. And if she didn't, then she should have checked this guy out. Right. And that's my problem. Harpo has all these resources. They couldn't check this guy out. And if they did, they were okay with it. I have problems. So now he's given a platform to to spread misinformation during a pandemic. That's my problem with Oprah. Okay. (laughs) 2015. Doctors call for Oz's firing from Columbia. After years of questionable medical claims airing on the Dr. Oz show, a group of doctors from various institutions called for his firing from Columbia University, where he'd continued to hold a high-level role in the surgery department. Well, Columbia University has to take some, has to take an L for this. Okay? Because, and you know they kept him because he was popular. Of course. So here's the thing. Dr. Oz and his pseudoscience centers around nutrition and wellness. So he is part of the wellness industrial complex, which has been the source and the zenith of the distribution of misinformation around medicine, around health, et cetera, for years. Like, do we have to, you know what? I'm going to call out Gwyneth Paltrow too and her fucking pseudoscience, Mm. okay? Gwyneth Paltrow is getting away with one because she is also part of the problem with her fucking goop, okay? When are we going to call Gwyneth Paltrow out for her misinformation and for platforming this pseudoscience? And because nutrition and wellness are still so like under-researched in medicine, 
there is a huge opening for pseudo doctors and pseudo health practitioners and actual health practitioners to become grifters. And they're all grifters. Dr. Oz is just a big ass grifter. It's all so, grift. Enter Trump. Oh, 2016. Oz gave Trump airtime in what CNN suggested at the time was an attempt to boost popularity among female jer- voters. How? Two men talking about your body? There's literally no one I want to hear less talk about the woman's body than Donald Trump. Okay. Him and his green tea. And then Dr. Oz and his green tea extract for late, for weight loss and how it's a miracle cure. Pass. Okay. First of all, I didn't know weight gain was a disease for which there is a cure. Okay. So that's my first thing. Mm-hmm. Weight gain is not a disease. Mm-hmm. Now that Trump has entered, like a real disease, he never leaves. So Oz, Dr. Oz was endorsed by Trump for the Pennsylvania seat in the Senate. And so he narrowly won against in a primary against a Republican, his Republican challenger challenger. Thank you. And, you know, became a, a frequent guest on Sean Hannity. Now, do you remember this quote on Sean Hannity, Aaron? I just saw a nice piece in The Lancet arguing that the opening of schools may only cost us 2 or 3% in terms of total mortality and then called it a very appetizing opportunity. That's the thing. It is. I just really like that we keep bringing up all of these very terrible people in this conversation. And every time you mention a new one, it's just like, <sighs> should we go to the crudite? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I didn't know salsa was part of a crudite platter. I, yeah. Or avocado. Yeah. I mean, no, it definitely isn't. Uh, <laughs> it, the stage. I also think it's so basically what happened is like it was late summer when this video that Dr. Oz had actually filmed earlier this past spring resurfaced uh, where Dr. Oz was in a grocery store that he incorrectly named because he doesn't live in Pennsylvania and he is a resident of New Jersey saying that he was there to create a crudite platter at the request of his wife. And oh my God, it's so expensive to create a crudite platter. He bought a whole bunch of things for $30, but he also bought the wrong things. And like, well, that's why it costs $30. One, yeah. One, one, he bought like salsa and avocado and things like that. And two, he also just like bought like the worst options of the things. The other thing too, is that does he understand that vegetables are mostly paid for by weight (laughs) so the broccoli is not two dollars oz it's two dollars a pound yeah and that's not a pound in your hand so Mm -hmm. it's not going to cost you two dollars but people who don't fucking grocery shop would know that yeah and then blames biden for it for what you can't make your crudite because that's what we're all eating your veggie platter okay (laughs) 
<laughs> Do you think steel mill people in Pennsylvania are like, got to make that crudite? Well, I mean, it's, I was actually really funny that so many people on podcasts and on Twitter were like, I just learned what a crudite was. Meanwhile, in my head, I was just thinking, my friend asked me to bring crudite all the time. So I had to do a search in my iMessages. Yeah. Crudite, crudite. <laughs> it came up like four times. I'm like, listen, you know who loves crudites? Fucking public service. Anytime they have an event is a crudite. And I was, I'm just like, but these are just like, it's just celery and like carrots and the crudite platter was my favorite or crudite veggie platter was my mm-hmm. favorite because I was like, that's per pound. That's not a pound. So you're actually getting a lot of broccoli. <laughs> also, I'm guessing that you won't use that whole bag of jumbo carrots that are $4. Buy a bag of the mini carrots. That's the better option. But again, people who don't grocery shop don't know these things. And it isn't isn't even necessarily because it's cheaper. It's because it is more economical in terms of like food waste. Oh, exactly. Now, here, like, I'm just like, okay, does everybody know that you buy this stuff for more than one meal? I feel like that was missing too. There's a lot that was just wrong, okay? (laughs) And I'm like, why are you not? I, I, when he's like, oh, the salsa is six dollars. The salsa was five dollars, or was it four? I think it was four or five dollars. So he can't even, he can't even think. I'm just like, why would I buy salsa? Also, when, when was I the last that? time that man ate salsa with a fucking carrot? I just don't it's, think that's a good combination. But no, it's not. But like, where is the logic? The logic? Like, he just grabbed the first thing he saw. And without thinking carrots, salsa, yes, they obviously go together instead of being like, oh, what do I dip my carrot in? Dip ranch dressing. Here's the other thing. Like, I'm just like, like you can make a dip. The fact, yeah, again, this goes back to like shitty political communications, but like the fact that the campaign was like, you know what? We should absolutely put this out onto the internet. Yeah. On top of that, apparently Fetterman is out raising Dr. Oz by like one to nine or something like that. Or is it one to six? Something like that. Anyway, Fetterman has like, Dr. Oz raised like a million dollars and Fetterman raised like six, at least six times that much. Over the summer, not recently. No, over the summer. Probably because also of the abortion ban. I'm guessing that that's helped. This is, but this is what makes it such misogyny is that if you think of weight loss, nutrition, et cetera, that is mainly a women's domain. Mm-hmm. And women are pummeled with ads and, and you know, promises and, you know, you're not good enough unless you're thin and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the fact that he is using that to further his brand through misinformation is exactly misogyny. Well, and it's also just like really shitty because... John Fetterman had a stroke earlier this year and couldn't campaign for a couple months and is since suffering some auditory comprehension issues and like speech issues. And yeah. Dr. Oz has just been on the campaign trail being like, well, John Fetterman should have eaten more vegetables. He wouldn't have had a stroke. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, it's a fucking, this is garbage, this ableist garbage that 
is untrue. Wow. Wow. All of this to say that as of recording, it is basically a toss up in the the race for the U.S. Senate seat in Pennsylvania. And it could go either way, mostly because the the spotlight on Roe has kind of faded and the economy is and inflation are kind of just coming to the fore. And I just think that that makes sense. But like the issue of abortion is still so important because President Biden has said that if they can keep the Senate, then the Democrats will pass abortion legislation to enshrine the right. Yeah, unfortunately. Look, I understand the criticism of the Democrats. I I, I am the first to criticize them. Well, what of? But at the same fit, at the same time, there is there's a reason. You know, there are there are stark there's a stark reason to get out and vote, unfortunately. And then you can hold those fuckers to account. Yeah. It's just so bad. The misogyny in this U.S. election campaign has just been very, very aggressive. Yes. Very stressful. And I'm glad that I don't have to live in that world. Well, just wait. Well, on that uplifting note, Erica. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, listen, people, this, this is what irritates me about you know, just people in Canada in general, they always want you to like fluff their feathers and make them feel better by optimism. Fuck your optimism. Mm. Shit is going bad. What are we going to do about it? Mm -hmm. And I'm a pretty hopeful person. (laughs) The irony of it all. I know. But I also know the truth. We're fucked. Now support Bad and Bitchy. (laughs) (laughs) So head over to badandbitchy.com to become a paid subscriber to access all of our shenanigans and the back catalog and access show notes that Erica worked so diligently on. I fucking work on those. All right, Erica, I will see you later this week for our episode next week about the Ottawa election. Oh, yes. So that'll be a fun one. Yay. (laughs) All right. All right. Bye. Bye.